0: Amen, Brother Caleb, thank you so much. What a beautiful song and great message right there. So, uh, you know, that begs the question this morning, what are you known for? And I hope that the answer to that question would be something pertaining to him, something pertaining to the Lord Jesus, right? Let us not be just known for our favorite sports team or our NASCAR favorite, right? Uh, those are great, and we, it's, hey, we should have good hobbies and all of those things. Uh, I do as well, but uh, more than that, may we be known for our love for the Lord Jesus Christ and for his work in, in saving and changing our lives and uh, who we are now in Christ. Amen? What a powerful testimony. Thank you so much. What a beautiful song. Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God this morning to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, we'll read a few verses there, and then I have another passage I'll have you turn to with me, and uh, we'll take a glimpse into the heart of the Apostle Paul as we uh, think about gratitude and our thankfulness and uh, what it means to us. There's some, some thoughts that I want to share with you along that line this morning. Romans chapter 1, if you found your place, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll begin in just a moment in verse 8, Romans chapter 1, verse 8, I would like to pray first. And then we'll begin reading right there. So let's pray together. Father, how we love you today and how we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you especially for the Word of God and, Lord, for how you use it to encourage, to strengthen, and equip our lives. And we would ask you to do that just now as we spend time in your Word. We just pray that, Lord, you'll take charge of this part of the service. And, Lord, that you'll have your way and your will and way in our lives, in our hearts. We pray by the Holy Spirit that you would guide the teaching of your word that you would just be our teacher and guide today through the scriptures and lord more than that that we pray that you'll apply those things to our life that we need to know and learn and do so we pray lord that you'll just uh, lord speak to us in a way that we'll we'll know what you want us to do as a result of what we hear today that we'll that you'll challenge us and that you'll change us a little bit more and more into the image of christ So we ask you to do that perfect work in our hearts. Bless the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 8, Paul says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul said in verse 8, I thank my God... Through Christ Jesus for you all. I want to preach a message today that I've entitled Thankful for You. Thankful for You. Thank you. You may be seated. There's another place where Paul expresses this same gratitude that he is thankful for these dear people that God has brought into his life. So I want you to hold your place there, if you would, and let's go to 2 Thessalonians. Again, in chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, in verse 3. Notice what Paul says here. He says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other, Aboundeth. Well, he says a lot here, and we'll come back to look at that. But I want you to notice that he says we're, we're bound to thank God always for you. For you. Paul's saying again, I'm thankful for you. He's saying that to a person. So I was thinking about Thanksgiving, all that this holiday season means to us. And uh, normally we would, we would ask a question, and we would say, What? Are you thankful for this Thanksgiving, right? And uh, usually there's a show of hands and we start to say those things that, you know, are are closest to our heart or maybe first come to mind. Well, I'm thankful for this and I'm thankful for that. And and we're naming the, the blessings, the provisions that God has given us this year. But today I want to ask you a different question. Not what are you thankful for, but in light of Paul's expression of his own gratitude. I want to ask you this morning, who are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? Now, I do hope you have a list of things that you're thankful for. And there's certainly nothing wrong with thanking God for the material blessings that he gives, because he does. And the Bible says that that every gift, every good gift, cometh down from above. God gives us uh, the things that we have and he gives us them to us to enjoy them. And I, I think it's perfectly fitting and appropriate for us to, to thank God for the things and the blessings and the material things that, that God gives to us. But I want to challenge you this morning to go a little deeper than that. Or maybe a little higher than that. And think about this week. Think about who you're thankful for. Charles Spurgeon said, it's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Boy, that's so true, isn't it? You can have a lot of things, but if you're not satisfied with those things, if you're not enjoying those things, then you're probably not going to be a happy person, no matter how much stuff you have. And I guess that can be true when when we think about people also. You can be surrounded by good friends and family and loved ones, but if you're not enjoying them... Uh, then, then, you know, the same is true. You're not going to be happy. You can be lonely in a crowded room, right? And so there, there's some depth to this that I want us to take note of as we think about our Thanksgiving this year. So based on Charles Spurgeon's quote, how much of what you have are you enjoying today? How much are we enjoying, right? We need to think about that. Just give it some thought. As we, as we think about that. You see, happiness is not the goal. It's a byproduct. And when you achieve the goal, that produces happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of the goal. So you have to, re- you have to stop and think about what are your goals? What are you looking for in life? What are, what are you seeking after? Are you putting God first? There has to be an analysis of those things if you, if you want to be truly happy and have the kind of joy that the Bible talks about. As I look at these two passages of Scripture... I see a common thread in, in, in the expression of Paul's thanks. He's saying, I'm thankful to God for you. Now, I know that he didn't live in the era we, we live in, and he didn't have the technology or access to it that we have. And so Paul, there's a number of things that naturally wouldn't have been on his list. He wouldn't have thought, he wouldn't have thought to thank God for uh, the technology that we enjoy today, or maybe even some of the comforts like central heat and air right? It's nice to have a warm place to gather on a cool day. But at the same time, I'm sure Paul had a list of his own material blessings, things that he could thank God for. But on top of all that, he says, I'm thankful for you. And he says it to these two groups of people. I thought to myself, as I reflected on that uh, this, this morning, I was thinking, you know, this is a special thing. Paul went to a lot of places. He started a lot of churches. He met a lot of people. No doubt there were many more people that were endeared to him. But Paul didn't write back everywhere and say, I'm thankful for you. Isn't that interesting? No doubt, I'm sure you could say the same thing. Not everywhere you've been would you write back and say, I'm thankful for you. So then who are those people you are thankful for? Who are the ones that God has used to enrich and to encourage and to bless your life? Who are the people that stand out in your mind as you think about the life that God's given you? And who are you thankful for? I thought it was interesting that Paul took time to not only think of these people, but he took time to express that thanks to them. He's letting them know it. I'm thankful, brethren, for you. What a powerful truth, and and, uh, what compassion as Paul writes to them. I want to look today, and I want you to see why Paul is thankful for them. And I want you to see what he's looking at. What does he see? Look in Romans chapter 1 with me and uh, the verses there. He writes to the believers in Rome, and he says, I'm thankful for you all. And then he says, I'm thankful. First of all, I believe he was referring to their testimony. Paul said, I'm thankful for your testimony. He said, I'm thankful for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Wow, think about that. That's pretty powerful. You know, I looked, looking at a study, obviously he was talking about the known world at that time. Paul never made it to the Americas, so I'm sure that's not, that wasn't in, the, in view of what he was talking about when he said the whole world. Um, but naturally, he's talking about a long way off. A long way off. It would be the equivalent today if I said to the folks at Beckwith Baptist Church, your faith is spoken of in other states. That would be a pretty powerful thing, wouldn't it? Wow. You mean people in neighboring states know about our church and these dear people here that they love and serve God? Well, that's kind of the equivalent of what Paul was saying to them. He's saying, I'm thankful for the the testimony that you all have because your faith is spoken of in faraway places across the known world. Think about that. What a blessing. Your faith is spoken up. You know, a lot of times we don't give thought maybe to, to our reputation or to our testimony as a believer. You know, what other people are saying about us or what other people are thinking about us. Now, there, there's a time to disregard what others think when God has called us to action or when the Word of God is clear we are to do what's right, and we are to be faithful to the Lord, uh, irregardless of what others may think of that. But in another sense, we should be very concerned about what others think of us, that we have a good testimony, a good reputation among men, that we're faithful, honest, that we're true, that we're trustworthy, that we're followers of that which is good, right? Right? I believe that is in keeping with what God has called us to be as Christians. And that's what Paul was saying about them. He was thankful for these very qualities and the fact that others knew and were talking about it. Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Hey, that's powerful. I want to ask you this morning, how much, how much consideration have you, how much thought have you given to the power of your testimony? And are you doing what it takes To live the Christian life in a way that others know who you're following. Isn't that what the Bible says? That we should shine as lights in the world that others may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So they know who we're following. They know where the goodness is coming from. And this is what Paul saw in the life and the testimony of these Roman Christians. And he said, I'm thankful for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world he was not only thankful for their testimony that's something to get excited about and i don't know about you but i i also get excited about that i like it when a believer has a strong testimony for the lord jesus christ when others can see christ in their life and in their behavior in their actions their reactions it's a refreshing thing it's a thing that brings joy and comfort and strength Paul was not only thankful for their testimony, though, he he was thankful, he said here, for their company. Look what he said in verse 11 and 12. He said, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established, verse 12. That is, notice he said, that I may be comforted together with you. He's talking about being in their presence, being together with them. He says that I may be comforted together with you, By the mutual faith, both of you and me. Oh, isn't that sweet? He's talking about that fellowship, that company together. And he said, I'm longing for that. I'm looking for that. You know, as a believer, we should long for the fellowship of other believers. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And you know, when we get around and we fellowship with one another, we should come away better than we came. We should come away encouraged. We should come away strengthened. We should come away sharp. Isn't that right? I don't know about you, but that's why every time I come to church, man, I I leave so glad I I came. I I might come not really feeling like being there. I I might have struggled to get there. Maybe I didn't have the motivation that I should have. But But when I left, I'm always glad I came. And that's the reason. And I think that's what Paul was alluding to. He was saying, I long for your company. After going through COVID and different things like that, times when we couldn't meet together personally, and you're watching, you know, videos and churches online and different things like that. Uh, you know, we we know a little bit of what it's like what he's saying here to long for the presence, the gathering, the assembly of the believers. Hey, listen, I'm here to tell you that if you don't, if you don't have a desire for that, when you're away if you don't long for that if you don't miss that you need to check up on your salvation there because there should be a longing for the brethren there should be a longing for the company Uh, you know uh, i heard a preacher say one time if man he said if your faith can't get you to church how are you going to be sure it's going to get you to heaven wow i thought man there's really some power to that you know there's a lot of truth in that thought the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We need to make sure we, we, we've got it right. Paul had a love for the brethren. And isn't that true? Isn't that biblical in the book of 1 John? John gave us some of the signs, some of the ways to be assured that we're in the faith. And one of them obviously was a love for the brethren. And Paul said, I long to be with you all. He said, I long to see you that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. He's talking about the comfort that comes, comforted together with you. He's talking about the strength that comes from that company, from that fellowship, strengthened uh, there by that mutual faith. The word mutual means that we both share it, we both have it. You know, you may have heard someone say something like, well, my spirit really bears witness with them. The Bible talks about how that when we're in Christ, the Holy Spirit bears witness with us, right? In other words, there's one accord. There's a union. There's a a harmony there that we sense. We can pick up on that. That's why you can can meet a Christian uh, at an event or a revival or a conference or a church service. and, And you can fellowship for just a few minutes and feel like you've known them all your life. Come away from that. So encouraged. And, and with such a bond, our bond is in Christ. Paul was alluding to that, and he was saying, I'm thankful for your testimony. I'm thankful for your company. Hey, I wonder, whose company are you thankful for? Who are the people you really enjoy being around? Paul wrote back to them and said, I'm thankful for your company. When he wrote to the Thessalonians, He had something similar to say to them. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 3, he said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because notice he says that your faith groweth exceedingly. You know, if you've ever labored in ministry, whether it's a children's ministry or Sunday school class or maybe picking folks up, little kids on a bus route, uh, something like that, if you've ever even greeted people at church and you just you just have an interest in people coming and learning and growing and developing and you've been and you've been working with people uh, any length of time then then you kind of can feel a little bit of what paul's saying here to the Thessalonians now he didn't say this to the Romans, but he is saying this to the thessalonians he he knows that they're growing in their faith and and he alludes to that he says. We're thankful to God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. This is the way we should feel. Because why? Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. When you invest in another person and it causes their faith to grow, oh, listen, that's a cause to rejoice. It's meet, it's right, it's appropriate that you would rejoice about that and be excited about that for them, for their growth. He said that your faith groweth exceedingly hey, it's great when it grows even a little bit. But that's not what he's saying here. Their faith was growing a lot by leaps and bounds, exceedingly, he says. And Paul was rejoicing, so much so that he wrote to them, and he said, I'm thankful for you. And here's why. He said, I'm thankful for your spiritual growth. You know, we need to be thankful for the spiritual growth of others. Can I give you a little test to keep what we call self in check? Make sure, as a believer, that you are never annoyed by someone's spiritual growth. Hello? Make sure that you are not annoyed by someone else's spiritual growth. You say, wow, preacher, I know that, but you know, these folks, they got, they got higher standards than I do. Hey. You should applaud that. Man, they love God. They're trying to do what's right. Their standards are higher than yours. Then just, hey, wish them the best in Jesus. And then the next time you go to the prayer closet, you might ask the Lord, Lord, is there something I need to know? Is there anything I'm missing? Lord, you know, right? We just don't click right on that. They're a little bit beyond me. But, you know, that's okay. Not everybody's going to dot every I. Not every believer is going to cross every T the same way. Paul and Barnabas had a big falling out, remember? And and it was so thick between them, the Bible says they parted ways. But it turned out to be a good thing because each one of them then chose a partner and the ministry was multiplied. The efforts doubled because now instead of one team going out, they had two. And you know, sometimes through differences that we have, God works in great ways to bless and multiply his interests in this world. And we just need to applaud those that we think maybe have, you know, are beyond us or have maybe higher standards than we do or, or whatever the case might be. Pa- Paul is willing to applaud their spiritual growth and we should as well. Hey, hey look, don't ever, don't ever sign up for the devil and carry around your, your demonic water hose and go pour water on people's fire for the Lord. Don't, don't run around discouraging people <laughs> and, right? and, and correcting them out of what they're trying to do for God. Right Now there may be a time like Aquila and Priscilla, you remember them? They were a couple in the Bible who had church meetings in their home, And they dedicated their lives to serve the Lord. And often their paths intersected with the Apostle Paul. They were tent makers just like he. And they had that common uh, work-related interest. And so they, they often communed together. But the Bible says on one occasion that Aquila and Priscilla, they took this young preacher who was excited in the faith and very zealous for the Lord. They had to take him aside because there were some things he hadn't learned yet. He was still preaching the baptism of John. Remember that? His name was Apollos. And the Bible says they pulled him aside and and they expounded to him the things concerning Jesus and his resurrection. And from that little meeting, from that little discipleship, from that mentoring session, Apollos came out and continued his ministry of preaching so they didn't pour water on his fire. Amen. They did some good, and they they instructed and helped him without dampering his spirit or his effort. And what they did was a comfort and a strengthening of his ministry. And later, Paul said about Apollos that that he was a great orator. That's not the wording that he used, but he talked about how well Apollos could speak. Well, I wonder if that didn't have something to do with that couple who took an interest in, to just pull him aside and say, hey, we want to share some things with you. And they were things that helped and spurred on his ministry. They were things that that caused him to grow. You know, that ought to be our interest in in every other believer, their spiritual growth. Sometimes we're so self-centered and so self-focused. We see our need to grow, but, but we don't see theirs. It's great when we can help someone else grow. It's great when we see others growing and we can experience that. It's great when we're in the presence of those who are growing. And that's one of the things that, that was on Paul's list. He said, brethren, I'm thankful for you, but here's why. Because I see your spiritual growth. And it caused the heart of the Apostle Paul to rejoice greatly that they were growing in the Lord and serving him in such a way. What a blessing. And then he also said to the Thessalonians that he was thankful for their spiritual growth, but then also he said, I'm thankful for your Christian service. Look again at verse 3. He said that your faith groweth exceedingly, but he didn't put a period there because there was more to say about them. He said, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Now you know if you were in our Wednesday night study some months back we we ended with the word charity. We talked about what that is. Charity, to be brief this morning, charity is love in action. It's an action word. It's not a feeling. Charity is when we put love in action. And Paul said, "I can see your charity, your love in action toward one another." Right. And it blessed his heart as he saw that they truly had a servant's heart. They truly humbled themselves and they served each other with that charity that he talked about. And Paul said that the charity of each one of you all toward each other. He didn't say it flourished. He didn't say it sparked. (laughs) He said it aboundeth. Wow. Wow. The size of their charity, the the quantity of their charity was encouraging to him. He said, I like that. And you know, think about it. If you're a parent, don't you like it when all your kids get along? And what does it do to your heart when they don't? You could go listen to each one. They could give you their side and all of them be right in a way, right? They all kind of have their point. Maybe they're a little justified, but the end result, the end result of the fighting and the confusion and the bickering and all of that is distressful. It's not encouraging. It's not something to be thankful for, right? It's dampering, it's condemning, it's hindering. Oh, but when they love each other and they're getting along and they're serving each other and when they're putting self aside, right, and taking care of each other, what a blessing that is. And that just lifts up your heart and lifts up your spirit. Paul saw this among these believers and he said, brethren, he said, I am thankful for you. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? I wonder how about us this morning? I want to ask you this morning, who are you thankful for? Could I encourage you this week to take some time and just make a little list? I don't know. How about the top 10? Even if you only come up with three, could you come up with some? Could you think of those that God has brought into your life? Who are you thankful for? You know, I was thinking about this as we make our list. And surely, when you think about what you're thankful for this Thanksgiving, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things on it. There's going to be material things on it. There's going to be immaterial things on it. And you should have those on your list, and thank God for every one of those. But while you're making that list, how about remembering who you're thankful for? I was thinking about this. You know, what we are thankful for, it does reflect the level of our spiritual maturity, doesn't it? I remember when Paul asked the Galatians, they had gotten off track. They were getting away from the Lord. And Paul said, who hath bewitched you? He didn't say what, he said who. You know, I think sometimes we don't realize how important the who in our life really is. Because of that importance, I think it's immensely fitting That we spend a little time and make sure we identify those who we are thankful for in our life. And then think about this. Once you identify who they are, think about this. What makes you thankful about them? What about them makes you thankful for their presence in your life? What is it about them? Put that down as well. And you might want to make it a little Thanksgiving challenge. Think of them and then do what Paul's doing. Express that thankfulness. And I would say first to God because he, he caused that anyway. He brought them into your life. He used their gifts and their abilities to bless you and help you. And, and I believe even now God is leading us and helping us to reflect and identify those things so that we can realize the gratitude that's there. So thank God for that. Express that gratitude first to God, but then go a step further. Do what Paul's doing and express that gratitude to them. Express it to them. I wonder, have you ever, have you ever wondered, have you ever thought if your ministry, if what you did ever mattered? You ever think that? And there's so many people in the world, there's so many Christians, hey, look, anybody can do what I did, it doesn't really matter. You know, sometimes we feel like that. And sometimes we think, well, you know, God could replace me ten times. There's people with way more talents and abilities than I have. And that's true. But at the same time, that's true. God is using you, and God does use you. And it's very important at times that we realize that he is if for nothing else, to keep our spirits up and to keep the faith and to know there is hope and help and God is working and and there's purpose behind our service and our ministry to others. And because of that, I think it it would bless their heart if you'd you'd contact them or write them a card or a note and say, hey, I was thinking about folks this Thanksgiving and you came to mind and I'm so thankful God brought you into my life for this reason. Tell them why. This is what I'm thankful for about you. I think it would do people's hearts good to hear it. And I think that's why Paul shared this with the Romans and the Thessalonians. You know, because they needed to hear that. And I think Paul understood that because at times he needed to hear it. And I know we have the same need. So how about it this Thanksgiving. Ask God to show you and ask God to help you identify who you're thankful for, what you're most thankful about them, and then share it with them. And when you do that, I think you'll take a step forward. Maybe we could even say a step up in your spiritual maturity. Because I think who comes before what? I think people are more important than things. And although God's blessed us with a great many things, in America, we're too materialistic. And we're, we're too mindful of our possessions. And we need to make sure that we own that stuff and that stuff doesn't own us. So let's take our focus above that this year. And let's realize what God's doing in the world and in our world with the people that he's bringing us in contact with. And let's express that gratitude to them. Just as Paul did when he said, I'm thankful for you all. Amen. I want you to know I'm thankful for you all. My wife and I have enjoyed immensely this last year of serving the Lord with you all at Beckwith. It truly has been a blessing, and we've seen God do some wonderful things in our services. We've seen people trust Christ as our as their Savior. Uh, we've seen God do things in people's lives. They've made decisions here. Uh, it's been wonderful. We know we know the Spirit of God's blessed people's heart uh, right here in services. We, we've had some guests and visitors. We've had uh, special speakers and singers and all of that and uh, it's truly been a great experience. It's been unifying, and it's, it's been heartwarming. It's been heartfelt. Uh, the Spirit of God has, has made himself known, and we certainly are thankful for all of that. We, we're thankful for the friendliness and the, and the friendship uh, that you all have extended to our family, and, and uh, we've tried to reciprocate that and, and, and also uh, welcome new folks that have come. Some of you have come since we've been here. And we thank God for you. We know God sent you. And uh, we appreciate that so much. We know that's how churches grow. We receive new people into our fellowship. And when God sends those people and unites our hearts together, that's a spiritual thing and that's a blessing. It's one that we don't need to take for granted. It's one that we need to be thankful for on purpose. And we certainly thank God for you all at Beckwith Baptist Church this year. We're glad you're here with us, and we're looking forward to the year ahead. I want to encourage you to stay with us, and let's see what God's going to do. And uh, I'm looking forward with just some eagerness uh, just to see. I'm a little excited, to be honest. And uh, we know God is at work. And, uh, hey, I don't even take credit for it. You know, it's just God, and we like that. That's the way it should be, right? And uh, let's thank God together as we rejoice at what he's doing this year. So find a little quiet time this week. And spend some time thanking the Lord for his goodness. Thanking the Lord for all the ways he's blessed you, materially, spiritually, physically, mentally, otherwise, emotionally. And then to make an effort to reach out to some others and, and thank them as well. And then enjoy that time together with family and friends as you have your Thanksgiving celebration and express that joy and gratitude in their company as well. Hey, listen. That'll that'll make for a great holiday season, right? Uh, I think uh, I think Thanksgiving's just kind of the beginning. We we kind of get in the right spirit when we get thankful, and then we carry that into Christmas. And man, by the time Christmas is here, it's like, wow, we ought to be doing this all the time, right? Let's have Christmas all year. <laughs> but January comes, and we end up having to take those decorations down. And you know how it is. Then out of sight, out of mind, and we kind of just kind of revert back to. Same old thing. But uh, let's carry a little bit of that spirit with us, right? Let's make it a little, let's, let's let it make us a little better. And let's let that gratitude live a little longer in our hearts and lives this year. And uh, I believe God likes that when He sees that. We're actually thankful and return thanks for what He's done. God bless you all. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you back tonight, though, and uh, look forward to what God's going to do in another service. Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we love you today, how we thank you for your spirit and your word. We thank you so much for Jesus and the salvation that you give. Lord, and the mutual faith that we share together, we thank you for the privilege today to be encouraged and blessed by your word and to be reminded of some things that we need to be thankful for, or, or rather some people. And I pray today that we'll see the value not only in these dear folks that you've brought into our lives and and maybe the things that they have blessed us with, but, Lord, the value of of you working in our lives through people. I pray that we'll understand that and uh, also see the value of our service in the lives of others that we may come into contact with as well. Lord, we just thank you because we know that you're the author of all of that and the finisher, We don't have to worry about being smart enough or strong enough to serve you or good enough. Lord, we know that you are enough and you furnish us that we might also be what we need to be as we serve you and as we live for you here. So help us to do it with gratitude this Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.